Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, July 17th. S&P futures are trading up about six to seven points. That is about 20 basis points. Europe's major indices are flat overall, although there are some movements behind the scenes, which I'll get into in a second. Asia generally finished higher with mild gains with the exception of Japan, which is off small. So the big focus I would say this morning so far is on micro issues with a bunch of earnings. So Netflix was the big name out of the US last night. You know, bad, quote unquote, on a relative basis versus very frothy expectations. Um, you know, not a reflection at all in the state of the economy, et cetera. Still very healthy fundamentals on an absolute basis, but certainly um, people got a little bit ahead of themselves with some net ad es- uh, estimates. And so the stock suffered weakness last night. I think more important is putting Netflix in the context of what else happened in the last 12 hours. So you had Netflix on the growth super cap front. And then you had a bunch of decent results out of, you know, the quote unquote cyclical or value names, including Daimler, which had an upside pre-announcement late in the US session yesterday. You had JB Hunt and Transport Company, you had PPG, and then you had Volvo this morning out of Europe, all had solid earnings. Now those groups of companies are certainly benefiting from extraordinarily depressed expectations. Um, and a lot of the upside is coming more from very, very aggressive cost cutting. Um, you know, versus a sharp improvement in market conditions. They are seeing some improvement in market conditions, but it's more a reflection of just expectations. Netflix had very high expectations. These other names are very, very uh, depressed expectations. So I think the big question today is whether or not you just see a further shift that you, um, you know, you've been you've been witnessing now for the last couple of days, where the super cap growth names um, come for sale. You know, again, the sell off is very, very mild. You are not seeing aggressive wholesale puking out of those names by any means. And for the most part, these stocks are still up month to date. So just to put it in context, but you certainly have seen, um, you know, people uh, uh, moving away from those super cap growth names as far as incremental buying. And then you've seen some of the cyclical stocks act better. So I think that's going to be the big theme for today to see if that occurs. For Europe specifically, autos are trading very well. So that's obviously Daimler is driving that higher. Tech is trading very well in Europe. That is a function of Ericsson. So Ericsson had healthy results out of out of uh, Europe today. Keep in mind, European tech is not the same as US tech. US tech is very much in a, you know, the hyper growth names with software services, internet names. Um, European tech is very much older school tech, which is more kind of uh, industrial like than the US stock. So Ericsson, I don't think is really going to help US tech or shield US tech with the super cap names from a Netflix, a Netflix inspired sell-off. Um, it's very much kind of like I said, those all older school tech names that Ericsson is more grouped into. So you have autos and and tech are both outperforming in Europe. Banks are very weak in Europe. Um, and there actually were a couple of bank reports in Europe today that are being received well, more from smaller banks like Swede Bank. So not necessarily the critical ones. Um, but you are seeing selling in in Eurozone banks. And just kind of circling back to the U.S. now, you know, we've had several, all of the big U.S. banks for the most part have reported you have a bunch of regionals to come, but the broader themes of the U.S. bank earnings season are pretty much known at this point. And, you know, they're the same as they've been now for a couple of days, huge blowout trading numbers. Again, you're not going to see those necessarily from the European banks. That's very much a U.S. phenomenon. It's really more phenomenon of just a handful of the really big, uh, you know, banks that dominate Wall Street. Um, that helped those banks absorb massive provisions. So you have obviously huge provision numbers, big reserve builds again. On the calls, most management teams are trying to intimate that reserve building is finished, but they all express enormous uncertainty as to what's occurring on the horizon. And you also have you know, clearly um, you know, an increase in COVID numbers again. So that could create further credit problems in Q3 and beyond. 
Um, and I think that's why the stocks are trading so poorly because, you know, you obviously have some huge EPS beats, especially from Morgan Stanley and Goldman. Um, but I think just the underlying results in the quarter are still more uncertain. So people don't assume the trading is sustainable at these levels and there's still a lot of credit questions. I think if you look in Europe, again, you don't have that trading offset like you will have in the US or not nearly as as dramatic as in the US. Um, and you're still going to have the same types of credit problems. So that's you know, I think one problem why banks in the U.S. haven't really been able to rally tremendously and, and probably why you're seeing some selling in Europe. Um, so that's kind of the micro setup for today as far as news in the last 12 hours. Um, in terms of macro themes and trends, there's really nothing new. There is a big U- European summit uh, going on today and it goes into tomorrow. The big debate is whether or not they're going to reach an agreement on the $750 billion fiscal plan. Um, you know, I really don't think this is a critical, critical catalyst. There's no drop dead date in Europe at all. This is very much a process of negotiation. Most people assume all indications suggest that there will be an agreement eventually. It's a, much, it's a question of when, not if. So it does not look like you'll see a full and final agreement reached today and tomorrow. Um, that really should not be a negative. You shouldn't see, you know, come Monday, futures get hit on on the absence of an agreement. Um, you know, ideally, they make further progress and then they can hold another summit, um, you know, later in the summer to reach a final deal. That's kind of the rough consensus. If they were to reach a full and final deal today and tomorrow and you come in Monday and that's on the tape, that's, I think that would be an upside surprise. But again, most people assume this happens. Um, it's just a question of of when, and most you know. Again, it's probably not until later in July or, or August timeframe where you f- when you see all the various different countries get on board with it. Um, ne- starting next week in the U.S., Congress returns. You're going to start to see negotiations really kick off on this fifth st- uh, fiscal stimulus bill. You know, I think you know weeks ago the Republicans had been adamant about a trillion dollar price tag as a ceiling. Democrats obviously are pushing for three and a half trillion. That one trillion floor has risen, so you don't see Republicans um, speak as passionately about keeping the price tag to a trillion dollars. Obviously, you have, um, you know, you have grim COVID numbers on a daily basis that is going to push that figure higher. So I think the floor now is about one point three to one point five. I think you're probably going to see something that's closer to around two trillion in aggregate. Um, you know, again, I think people are very are are looking at the specifics of it. You know. Most notably, these federal unemployment benefits, which expire um, July 25th will be the last payment. They're technically still in place until the end of the month, but the 25th is the last payment. And then the question of another round of one-time stimulus checks. And then you have the White House that continues to push for a payroll tax cut. Um, you know How all those things get put into place, You know, I still think there will be a cliff, meaning that this fifth fiscal stimulus bill is going to be smaller than the CARES Act and the CARES Act Supplemental. Um, you know, the $600 in federal benefits is very likely to be cut. Just a question of what it gets cut to. And then as far as another round of one-time stimulus checks, um, you're probably going to see some means testing on those. So they're not going to go to nearly as many people as was the case before. Um, I don't think a payroll tax cut, you know, I think I think Trump would sign whatever gets sent to him, whether or not it includes a payroll tax cut or not. Um, I don't really think that's going to be, um, you know, a, a huge stumbling issue or a big or or something that's going to block progress. So, like I said, I think you're probably going to see something closer to two rather than you know the one that that Republicans have been talking about. Um, I think markets will be most sensitive to these consumer payments, just given how important those had been to driving um, or to to bolstering the consumer over the last several months. Um, you know, you get the Fed balance sheet update every Thursday night. You know, continues to kind of plateau in size. It's not necessarily anything the Fed's doing, but a lot of these emergency tools that they 
um, that that they put out during the heart of the pandemic, they require kind of market utilization. So they're tools that are there for use if market conditions deteriorate. The fact that markets have been healthy, you just aren't seeing those tools get utilized. And that's why the balance sheet growth um, has certainly slowed. And then also the asset purchases have not been all that aggressive either. Um, and again, I think it's just a function of of the health of the markets. So, you know, the balance sheet estimates, the FTN article just talking about how balance sheet estimates are kind of getting cut pretty dramatically. Um, you know, they've fallen about a trillion dollars in the last month or two, just given what's occurred in markets. Um, you had a slew of Fed officials that have spoken in the last 24 hours. All of them are saying the same thing. You're not going to see rates move from zero for a very, very, very long time. Um, you know, again, I don't think that's really shocking. That's that's largely the consensus. And then just on COVID, you know, you, the numbers are as bad as ever. You continue to have massive case figures. You continue to have reports of, of hospitalizations rising. You have reports of hospitalizations nearing capacity. And then unfortunately, you have fatalities moving up as well. Again, the markets are absorbing this very well. I think part of it is, you know, the, the worse the COVID figures are right now, the higher the stimulus bill price tag will be. Um, again, I think you still have these persistent vaccine hopes. Remember, we're going to get to AstraZeneca data for the Oxford candidate on Monday in Lancet. All the reports suggest it's going to show the same immunological response as far as antibody and T cells. Again, the big question is whether or not these vaccines actually confer immunity. Those trials don't start until the end of the month, and they will, we're not going to get the results until later in the year. Um, but for that time being, the market still continues to absorb all of the COVID figures very well. You know, there are more reports in the Bloomberg article on this today about how, you know, for the most part, politicians are still being very surgical with their mitigation measures. They are not resorting to the types of April and March, like wholesale lockdown measures. But you are seeing politicians threaten um, to enact some more draconian steps if they don't see the numbers really plateau. So you had mayors in Houston, LA, Miami, and then a top advisor to the governor in Texas, um, all kind of talking about or threatening, um, you know, more more stringent shelter in place type orders if the numbers don't change soon. So that obviously, I think, would change, uh, you know, some of the market's thinking on this whole subject if that were to, um, if they were to resort to some of those steps again. Um, and then just on the U.S. economic front, there was no there's no data out globally this morning, no notable data. But in the U.S., you know, you continue to have anecdotes about how the rebound is certainly stalling or plateauing, not reversing, not collapsing but definitely stalling. Uh, so that is everything for today. The only big focus for the U.S. session um, will be earnings. So you have a couple of banks in the U.S. Um, and then obviously this European summit. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.